Man, I said it last service, but I'll say it again because I feel it. You know, every Sunday, I feel like every Sunday is special, but it just feels like today had some, some, it's got some sauce on it. You know what I'm saying? It's got some sauce. Y'all feeling that? Anybody feeling that with me? Anybody feeling that? I want you to take a, a trip in time when we we're gonna, we're gonna go back in time to 1978. 1978. Now, just a quick survey. How many people were alive in 1978? Okay, yeah, these are all the old people. My hand's up, my hand's up. Okay, how many people were not born in 1970? You weren't even here. You weren't even, old. wow, wow, okay. Y'all gonna have to take my word for it. 1978, I was in the second grade at Easley Christian School. Christian School, um, it, and they had this thing once a week called chapel. Chapel was where they brought all the kids into one room and a speaker bored us to tears for an hour. Um, and it, it was awful. It was, it was as close to hell as I'll ever come as a Christian. It was, it was just bad. And, uh, but there was this one day, I, was, I remember this, a second grade, that they switched it up a little bit. I think they let the juniors and the seniors in the school take over the chapel. And it was, it was so much fun. Um, in fact, it was so much fun, we never did it again because you're not allowed to have fun in church. And so they just kind of canceled that, that. But I remember it because it was, there was a game show theme and we were playing these games, and if you played games, you could win prizes. And that was, I love getting prizes, but there's a bunch of kids, and they're calling kids random, and they're drawing names out of hats and all this stuff, and so I know I'm not gonna get to go. And so they, they, they got this one guy with a microphone, his name was Kevin. Don't ask me how I can remember this, I just remember this. Kevin had the mic. And Kevin said, um, hey, this, this next thing we're gonna call five students, you're gonna come on stage, we're gonna ask you a question, if you get the answer to the question right, you get $5, and let me stop. $5 in 1978 was a, it's like 5,000 today. It's a, you could, you could get a half a tank, tank of gas in your car with $5 in 1978, am I right? Because gas was like 65 cents a gallon. And so, so $5 to me, I was trying to figure out how I was gonna spend all that money at TGNY. And if, if, you're, if you're around in 1978, you know, TG&Y was, was more redneck than Walmart, which I, I know some people don't think that's possible. And you got $5 and some of you remember the big humongous sugar daddies. Y'all remember sugar daddies? See right there, I got some people's attention. You're like, I want, a, I want me a sugar daddy. I'm, I'm talking about that, that kind, right, hold on, let me go back, that kind right there. That's a, it's a candy bar thing. All right, so. So they're, they're, they're calling students out, they're calling names, one, two, three, and then they said, Kevin said, I uh, got a name here, Perry Noble. And I was right about, and I froze. I froze, I, I was mortified. And all my second grade friends, you know they're so encouraging, they shoved me out in the aisle. And I just kinda came up the stairs, and this is what I'm thinking all the way up the stairs. This is gonna be the worst day of my life. They're gonna publicly embarrass me and humiliate me on stage. They're gonna ask me the, the, a question that I won't know the answer. They're gonna set me up for failure. I'm probably gonna get expelled. When I get home, I'll probably get killed. Like, I, isn't it funny how deep you can go in your mind in like 30 seconds? So I'm fourth, and, and Kevin, he said, here's the question, and he asked the question, and I just remember, I, I didn't know the answer. And I was mortified, and I wanted to run 
I wanted to scream. I, wa I wanted to just disappear. But then Kevin did something that was so unique. Because I saw that look on my friend, he was the first friend. Kevin, now we didn't have wireless microphones back then. It was 1978. We had the one with the cords on them that you got tripped up in. And so Kevin held the mic out like this and he whispered something in the kid's ear. And he said, do you know the answer to this question? And he held the mic down and the kid answered the question, got it right. Gave him $5 and a sugar daddy. Got to the next kid, asked, said, do you know the answer to the question? Held the mic out, came back, Kid got the question right. Got to the kid next to me, and at this point, I'm fascinated by what's going on, because I think, man, that guy with the mic might have the answer to the question. So I kind of leaned a little bit, eavesdropped, and I heard Kevin say, do you know the answer? And the kid next to me is like, Kevin holds the mic out, whispers, and I heard him whisper an answer, and then put the mic in front of the kids, and he said the answer. Kevin said, you're right. And I thought, he might know the answer to this question that he's asked me. He's got it right. But then, isn't it funny, you'll see three people get it right and you're convinced you're the first one that's gonna get it wrong. So he whispered an answer into my ear and I, I said just what he told me to say. That's all I did. And he said, you are exactly right. Hold out your hand. And I held out my hand and he put five $1 bills in my hand, and then I freaked out because I had to go home and explain to my mom and dad how I got $5 at school. My mom was like, who did you beat up? Nobody. Today, I mean, I didn't beat up anybody. I had, and the sugar daddy, I ate it before I got home, so they were more angry about the sugar daddy than they were the $5. But I've never forgotten that because I was convinced I was gonna get wrong. I was convinced I was set up for failure, but all I did was listen to the guy with the mic he told me what to say, I did it, and then I was rewarded for what I said. And I think about that in regards to our relationship with God. Whether you're here and you've been walking with God for 30 years or 30 minutes or anywhere in between. Or maybe, maybe you're here and you're not a Christian or a Christ follower, you're just kinda here because somebody told you that they were getting baptized and you just needed to come and show up, and if that's the case, and, and, and maybe you got some hesitations about God. I get it. In fact, if, if I went through what some people in this room have, have gone through, I would probably have hesitations about God as well. But let me tell you this. Here's the thing I've learned about God. If Jesus leads us to a place and then he tells us to take our next step, if we take that next step in one way or another, he's gonna bless it He's gonna bless us, and he's never gonna call us to a place that he will not sustain us through. The, the man with the mic knows the question and the answer, and all we gotta do is say what he tells us to say and do what he tells us to do. And we get a lot more than $5 and a sugar daddy. Now, I say all this because we just sang about I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. It was written by a guy named David. And David is known in the Bible. In fact, the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. And David is sitting down and he's writing. He writes many of the Psalms and he's reflecting back on a season in his life. And I won't go into the details of what he was going through. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you, David was in a season of his life when he wrote what we're about to read. He was in a season of his life 
where he looked around and it was almost like he was completely upside down. He was drowning. He was over his head. He was thinking, I never saw this coming and I don't see a way out, which most of us have been there. Some of us are there. And he wrote, as he looked back on that situation, he wrote this verse down. He said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all, man, that's, that's a lot of fears. I got crazy fears. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Now, that sounds simple, but don't misunderstand it. It was a, it was a process. It wasn't like I sought the Lord one time. It wasn't like I blew up everything for 10 years, sought the Lord one time and poof, it was better. It was, it was a process. David had a process where he would continually seek the Lord. And here's the thing that I've discovered about God. God wants us to get it right more than we actually wanna get it right sometimes. That next step in our journey with Jesus, he will make it so clear and so real. All we've got to do is lean in. Now, speaking of Jesus, Jesus, when he came from heaven to earth, he did come to die for our sins. And he paid for our sins on the cross. But that wasn't the only reason he came. If it was the only reason he came, he took a sweet time because he was here for 33 years. There had to be another reason that Jesus was here other than to die for our sins. And one of those reasons was to show us how to live. He said in John, in the Gospel of John multiple times, I only do what the Father tells me to do. Luke says this, Luke says this about Jesus. He said, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed, which the introvert in me is like, yes, Jesus, I love that. And a lot of people read that verse and they get a little sad. Oh, Jesus was lonely. No, no, no. This verse could also be interpreted, but Jesus often withdrew where he could be alone and prayed. Don't miss this. Jesus sought the heart of the Father, and as God led him, he followed, and he modeled that for us. The Christian life, we make it way too complicated. It's as simple as taking our next step. With that being said, today, we're gonna celebrate baptism. And the reason we celebrate baptism, that we make the whole service around it, is a big deal. It's a really big deal, and I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you through the life of Jesus. Matthew is writing his gospel. Matthew said this in Matthew chapter three, verse 13. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Now, I've been reading the Bible all of my life. I went to Christian school, and I've never understood how important this verse was until just a few years ago. Um, Matthew was writing to a Jewish audience, and a Jewish audience would have seen this verse, and they, I mean, mind blown. But we read it, and we're like, okay, well, he went from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. What's the big deal? Here's the big deal. From Galilee to the Jordan River is 60 miles. Don't miss this. Jesus walked 60 miles to be baptized. It means it's a big deal. Now, occasionally you'll run into somebody and go, well, you know, Pastor P, walking was the method of transportation back in the day. Well, maybe it was. 
But still, 60 miles, can we agree that hadn't changed? That's a long freaking way, amen? Let's say after the service, we're out in the lobby and we're just talking, me and you, we're talking. I said, what a service. She said, it was good, it was so good. I'm glad you didn't preach as long today, it felt great. And I said, why don't we go get some lunch? Why don't we go get some lunch or dinner? And you said, all right, man, where you wanna go? And I said, Asheville. I wanna go to Asheville. And you went, I mean, okay, okay. Are you driving or am I driving? I said, no, 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 we're gonna walk. <laughs> Nobody in this room would be like, yes! We're gonna walk to Asheville, because Asheville's like a 60-mile walk. Nobody, a lot, you would turn to your friend and go, he's gonna get fired again, because I, I, don't even know, I don't even know what's going on with him. He wants to walk 60 miles, this is crazy. Nobody in this room would probably walk 60 miles for anything. Now, there's somebody in this room, you're fighting with me right now going, I would. Dude, you won't even walk from the couch to the refrigerator to get another <laughs> bottle of water, all right? There, there we go, there we go, there we go, see? So, so can we agree that if Jesus walked 60 miles to do something that's important, yes or no, yes? Okay, good. Then he said, but John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said, so why are you coming to me? Isn't it funny that anytime you try to take your next step, you always are gonna face opposition? And a lot of times, we let opposition shut us down. We let opposition like tune us out. But here's what I wanna encourage somebody with today. Opposition equals opportunity. I'll say it again. Opposition equals opportunity. For those of you that go to the gym and you lift weights, what happens when you lift weights? When you face resistance, you get stronger. And for those of you that feel like you're facing some resistance right now in life, let me encourage you with this. God is making you stronger and he will use all things for the good. Don't let the enemy discourage you. In fact, the enemy wouldn't be coming after you so hard if God didn't have a plan for your life. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you what the enemy's nuclear weapon is, his tactical nuclear weapon. And you don't see it coming. He says, yes, take your next step. You need to receive Christ. You need to be baptized. You need to confess that sin. You need to do it. But not today. Do it later. Procrastinate. You, you know what? You can accept Christ, but man, they got a Christmas service. Go through the summer and live it up. And then get saved at Christmas. And at Christmas, they'll tell you, but you know, you should probably wait till Easter because you got that New Year's party coming up and you wanna. He, he will get you to put off taking your next step. And don't miss this. Procrastination is assassination on the future that God has for your life. Every time we put off what God is telling us to do, it doesn't set God back. It sets us back because listen, if he's asking us to take a next step, it's not because he wants to beat us, it's because he wants to bless us. I think it's funny that Jesus got resistance by John the Baptist. <laughs> I mean, talk about two super, on the surface, it's like two superpowers going at it. No, Jesus created John the Baptist, so, Verse 15 says, but Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out, there's that word again, all. Not so, you know, I'll obey you sometimes. 
Hadn't you ever said that? How's that work out for us, right? Um, we, we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. I lo- there's another translation that said, um, but Jesus said, let it be so, or let it be done so now, which kind of sounds like Yoda, but it was Jesus. He said, no, we're gonna do it right now. And that's, I'm telling you, I want to be a passionate follower of Christ. I want to be the guy that always says yes when Jesus speaks to me, but I'm gonna be, I, don't, I just tell you straight up, if Jesus and I were standing next to each other, nobody would mistake us for twins, okay? I, I, I'm trying to be like Jesus, but I'm not there yet. But I wanna be. Like, I'm to the point in my life where I really am trying, and I wanna be passionate about it. There's nothing, why can we be passionate about, about everything in this world, but it's wrong to be passionate about Jesus? Why, why is that? That was a great spot for somebody else to say amen with her, and y'all just kind of left me up here by myself. That's okay. I'm not preaching for y'all anyway. I'm preaching for the Lord. I know he told me to say that. Let me put it to you like this. I'm gonna get y'all into this message before I'm done. I'm gonna preach to we shout. Thank you. I had a friend of mine, she taught Sunday school, true story, back in the 80s, a little Baptist church, taught Sunday school, third and fourth grade. And you know, you can, you can teach a kid a lot by music, teaching them to sing, right? Because we remember, don't you remember songs from when you were a kid? You learn stuff when you were a kid through, through music. And she was teaching them that song. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Sing it with me. This little light of mine, that's so beautiful. I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Then it got to that part. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm gonna let, okay, right there. So we gotta stop. Because have you ever heard a song lyric and you heard it wrong and you can only hear it that way? I, I, got, I could list, I could give you examples, but n- many of them are so inappropriate, but this one is, there was this little girl in the class, true story, and she didn't quite pick up the song like it was being taught. She heard something different, so when they got to that part, she was like, Hide it under a bush. Hell no! I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bush. Hell no! And my friend was like, oh. <sighs> Sweetie, I kind of like your version better, but, but I thought about that. What if we just said that? Hell no. What if we told hell no, where Jesus is trying to say, take your next step, and hell saying, don't take it, and we go, hell no. I am taking my next step in my walk with Christ. And some people are like, what happened to that little girl? We hired her. She's on staff. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Jesus said, let's do it now. And watch this. This is crazy. After his baptism, Jesus came up out of the water. Now, that's why we baptize by immersion. Because we want you to be baptized like Jesus. If you got sprinkled, that's, that's fine, but you should be immersed. I'm not saying your baptism don't count. I'm just saying, it's not the baptism like Jesus. Jesus came up out of the water. Now, some people, we always get people freaked out. I'm scared of water. I get it. But Cole, he'll be baptized in this tub over here, is a lifeguard. (laughs) 
I've been baptizing people for 30 years. I've never lost anybody. I could be the first, you could be. But I believe you'll get a cut in the line to heaven and you go straight to the, I mean, straight to your mansion. In fact, the last baptism we had, I got injured. I, I, I'm not making this up. I tweaked my hands. It's more dangerous for me than it is for you because the dude coming out, he was a, he's a big dude, like big, like lift weights, and he wanted to hug me. So as he was coming up, he went to hug me. He grabbed me, and he pulled me under with him, <laughs> pulled my hamstring. I told him, I said, he said, thanks for baptizing me. I said, thanks for baptizing me. <laughs> it's... It's, um, you don't have to be scared. You don't have to be scared of the water. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm scared it might mess up. I literally have people say, I've hair, I'm scared it'll mess up my makeup and my hair. How are you gonna stand at the foot of a blood-stained cross and talk about, I just... I'm, I'm scared, I, I'm, I, I, get, I get all those things, but at the end of the day, taking your next step in your journey with Jesus is always the right thing. Came up out of the water. <laughs> I had somebody tell me, I'm not making this up, I said to me one time, I'm scared of sharks. <laughs> this is Anderson. As, after, his, <laughs> after his baptism, Jesus came up out of the water and the heavens were opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. God celebrated Jesus being baptized. Because this is where Jesus, this is how Jesus launched his ministry. This is how Jesus goes public. And this is how we are called to go public as a declaration that we are following Jesus. Some people are like, I'm, I can't be baptized, I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. If you wait until you're perfect, you're never gonna do it. Baptism isn't for perfect people, it's for forgiven people. And God is pleased. God is pleased, and one of, the, one of the reasons he's pleased is because when, we're, when we see somebody get baptized, they're declaring that Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried, and came back to life. We see it in the scripture, for we died and we're buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So when you're standing there, in the water and you're lowered down, it's a reminder that Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried, and he came back to life, which is a reminder that because of the resurrection, nothing is impossible. So, so let me ask you this question. If we in this room all truly sought the Lord and asked him what our next step is, what would, he, what would he say to us? If we could say, I sought the Lord and he heard and, and he delivered me, he answered me. What if, what if we, not, not as a church, but as individuals today, we just said, God, 
what's your next step for me? Would you stand with me as we get ready to pray? Father, right now I wanna pray, God, and just ask you to do something so powerful and so real in this place. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, all over this room, maybe you could just ask God right where you're standing, Jesus, what is my next step? What is the next thing that you want me to do? What is the next step in my journey with you? For some people here today, it might be to receive Christ. You've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never asked Jesus into your heart. You've never been forgiven. And you, and you need to ask Christ to come into your life today. He loves you as you are and will not let you stay that way, but you can ask him into your life right now, right where you stand. And if you know that's your next step, I'm gonna invite you to pray a prayer with me. I want, I'd invite you to, I'm gonna invite you to pray it out loud, but you won't pray it alone because our whole Second Chance family is gonna pray it with you. So you will know you're stepping into a relationship with Jesus and you are encouraged by others. So if you need to pray to receive Christ today, you pray this with me. And Second Chance family, let's pray it with them. Just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as my savior. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I confess you as Lord. Come in and take over. In Jesus' name I pray. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room, if you just prayed that prayer and you just asked Christ to come into your life, I want you to do me a favor, I wanna know who you are. I want you to let me know who you are by putting your hand straight up in the air and just leaving it up in the air because I wanna see you, I wanna pray for you, amen, amen. Anybody else, amen right here in the middle, amen, this is awesome, amen. Amen over here on my left side, this is awesome. Hands all over the place, that is so beautiful, that is so awesome. Now. For those of you that have your hands raised that prayed to receive Christ today, or for those who have prayed to receive Christ but have never been baptized, baptism is your next step. So I'm gonna tell you what you can do. In just a second, we're gonna start to sing. We're gonna celebrate together. And as we sing and as we celebrate, you can step out of your aisle and walk out the back exit doors and there's people back there that will get you signed up to get baptized today, like right now like right now. And some of you are like, well, Pastor P, I didn't get signed up, but that's okay, because God signed you up. God signed you up before you even got here this morning. So as I pray, when, when, we, when we start singing, if you know that your next step is baptism, and you know that you need to take that step today, step out of your aisles and walk out the back doors, and we have people back there that'll meet you, get you signed up, and we will get you baptized today. How many, of, how many of us can just go ahead and celebrate that we know people are going to take this step? So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we declare you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And God, I pray that we would follow you. I pray that we would trust you because we know, God, if we seek you, that you will answer, God. Thank you so much, God, for who you are and for what you're doing. And that every time we ask, you show us our next step, God. Fill us with a faith right now to step out and trust you.